Okay, if you look at the bottom. Adam Vivas, you have no authority in this meeting. Right, it's a midlife punk podcast, uh, still season free, still lockdown free, but that inbred fucking South African-American hybrid has given us a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so that's nice. It's episode seven of series three, 27 overall. Um, you probably will have seen the screenshot that I've taken and will definitely put on the Facebook page, but uh, I've got uh, El Nihilismo with me. Hola, Senor Tom. ¿Cómo estás? Why have you got... Uh... Oh, he's took it off. He's took his uh, Mexican wrestling mask off. Why have I got a, a Mexican wrestling mask? Because you the like question, wrestling. The question is, why haven't you? I've never been to Mexico and I'm ambivalent towards wrestling, so... That's fair enough, I suppose. <laughs> How are you doing? You having a nice week? Um, it's been a stressful week, but then people are just dickheads anyway. A lot of people at work ringing up asking stupid questions. Yeah, I had a bit of. I'm having a bit of a case of the uh, Sunday nights, chronic case, I think. But there you go. So, what have we got for these fine people today? We have the West Midlands finest skimmer. Yes, West Midlands finest. I don't know. Again, it's a bit of the old down and out syndrome, I think, with them. Like, they're not massive, but people who have heard them like them a lot. Yeah, I've been listening to them all afternoon myself. Yeah, bloody lucky lad. Nose to the grindstone. I have been walking the dog, sleeping on the sofa, cooking spaghetti bolognese. So, But I did manage to squeeze in a second listen of no effects new album for our 60 second review which is coming up when do should we do that before the interview uh yeah i think so because we've not had much in the way of correspondence this week really no i'll toss you for who goes first heads or tails i hope you mean flipping a coin why don't you just tell me heads or tails <laughs> and then you'll find out tails please bob it's heads so that means i've got to go first <laughs> unlucky can I have 60 seconds on the clock, please? Are you ready? I'm ready. Start the clock. I've listened to NoFX's new album uh, once in order and once on, on random. Uh, my opinion on them hasn't changed. Uh, my opinion on it is probably as you expected. It's same old, same old, turgid, droning, same subject matter. Uh, it's pretty just average, just average, you know, he reckons he's Mr. Punk, but who's he pissing off with this apart from actual punks? Nobody. So, you know, he can fuck off. Uh, a few, uh, here, here we go, opening track, which I can't remember what it's called. Four and a half, pardon? The Big Drag. The Big Drag, four and a half minute opening track on album. Who does that? Uh, I'll tell you who, that twat. Uh, they try and have a cynical attempt to gain the favour of their uh, their country's founders by having a song about Birmingham, which also mentions Nottingham. 
And that's my 60 second review. <laughs> you want you on to go? <clears throat> go on then. Let's see how far through the actual album I get. Okay, hang on. Fuck. Right, 60 seconds on the clock. Start now. So, yeah, no effects is single album. The first track, The Big Drag, has never been more aptly fucking titled. Shit, it's not straight ahead punk by any stretch. Uh, Love You More Than I Hate Me is that one with the video where they all commit suicide. Unfortunately, it wasn't fucking... Anyway, yeah. Um, it's not a bad track. Uh, fuck Euphemism, he's being clever with his words again. We get it. No, Read a fucking dictionary. All about Mike and his fucking fetishes and that. Fish in a Gun Barrels, a serious song about school shootings, white terrorists, a little bit of Scar Number in the Vein of So Long. Uh, Birmingham, Smelly's drums are really good on that, and that's about the only good thing that I can say about it. Uh, Linoleum, my notice for that is just fuck off. My bro can survive cancer. Uh, the personal one where Mike um, is usually pretty good at this. Uh, he's got a line in Birmingham, sorry, called I don't like doing drugs, I just like doing more because I'm so edgy. Track 8, Grief Soto, obviously that's Steve Soto from the adolescence who passed away. Uh, I'll let you finish that because you're on great guns and you're nearly finished. Um, Doors and Fours had a bit of a cowboy intro, it's like a sexy Bon Jovi punk song. Um, As it went through, it just turned into shit. And the last track, uh, Your Last Resort, um, wanky intro and not bad musically, but... Yeah, overall, it's a solid fucking D minus from me. That's good. I think I think we did really well on that. Right, you better we better get on to your song. What's your song choice today? My Sorry. song today is those full blooded Irish joy givers, the Dropkick Murphys, with shipping up to Boston. Let's listen to it.
and we're back. Niles kept the Celtic uh, bloodline running hard and fast through his veins uh, with the Dropkick Murphys there, we're shipping up to Boston. That's a bit of a strange choice now. Why did you pick that for? We'll be back after a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Um, I like the song. Um, you may have been privy to a little argument I was having online this week about Irish music and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. That particular song, though, has been used absolutely fucking everywhere. BBC dramas, The Simpsons, other movies. Do you want to hear a non-movie reference to where it's been used? Current Mrs. Sidwell used to do an exercise class called Pound, where you... Uh, <coughs> yeah, I know. Where you, I'm told, it's where you hit the floor with sticks to the rhythm of a song, and uh, they used to do shipping up to Boston. I could imagine that working pretty well, actually. Yeah, but sort of linked between, you know, hoops upside your head and fucking shares believe and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, good choice anyway for your Hollywood film fanaticals. I want you to pitch summer for me. Yeah? Go on. 17-year-old me, which I've shaved my beard off, which you haven't commented on, by the way, to get into character. Well, it makes it picture 17-year-old you. 17-year-old me, jumping in the the knackered old van with me bandmates, first ever time on tour, supporting the queers, heading down to Southampton, pretty intense. You know, you've got uh, Dan Vapid, obviously Joe Queer, um, Matt from the Teen Idols on drums, and you're going to be spending a week and a bit with these pros, uh, and you need someone to guide you, but not somebody who's going to, uh, you know, you're going to get on their tits. And luckily for me, on that tour, we had Skimmer, and that was the first time I met him. You know, uh, I did have a high pube count for a 17-year-old, but that's just that's an affliction that I have lived with and continue to live with, frankly. Um, but, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> uh, no hair thickener needed there, Chief. No. But you'll see why uh, it was such a relaxing, reassuring experience to have Kev Skimmer come up to you and, uh, yeah, look after you. Hopefully, no. I'll try and get in the story about how we ended up at some bloke called Cov John's Flat in Southampton where we stayed over. And... Uh, I should have known because he's from fucking Cov. But yeah, he just put porn on. Why? Apparently that's his thing. That's what he does when he has bands stay over. Anyway, let's go um, into Skimmer. I think we're going to go with the uh, their first ever single, Better Than Being Alone, and then shimmy straight into the interview. Absolutely. Got your West Bromwich facts. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, of course I have. They're going to be peppered all the way through the episode. Yes, they are.
The town suffered significant damage from air raids in World War II, with 58 civilian deaths, most in the raids of 19th November 1940 around Oak Road and Lombard Street to the west of the town centre. There were a few other less severe raids during the war on parts of West Bromwich, including Stone Cross and Tantony, with no fatalities. This occurred on the same night as the Birmingham Blitz, which resulted in thousands of casualties, as well as the less severe raids on nearby Dudley and Tipton. Hello, Skimmer. How are we doing? Hello, Tom. Hello, Niall. Hey, Tom. Hello. Uh, Hello. How's it? Are we all okay? Ad, Ad's gone downstairs after that. Yeah, exactly enough. <laughs> so, what we usually do is ask everyone to introduce themselves uh, and tell us what they do in the band. Right. So, since I'm next to you, Tom, we can go across the top and then across the bottom. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm Kevin. If you didn't already know, I sing and play the bass in Skimmer. And I've done so since 1993. Come on, I'm Terry. I play the guitar and may generally make a noise in the background. I'm Warren and I play drums. I think I try. I try. <laughs> and here he comes. And right on cue. <laughs> his, name, his name's Adam and he causes chaos. <laughs> I do. I make a load of shitty noise in the background. I do some uh, vocal shite. And uh, just have a laugh, turn up, make a load of shitty noise, and uh, yeah, that's all we do. I think I, I, I it's, it's been, that has been my fucking the best thing about Skimmer is I, I just love that that just the, the fucking freedom. It, it's it's like a it's a really free band. It's great, it's lovely. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that it is. Yeah. We, we, well, none of us dictate, do we? We just rub along with each other. I think we don't. No, we never shout at each other. Never argue. We don't really have a big bust up. Right, so, so how for, did the band... You've got a tiny little thumbnail. You look like Frankie Stubbs from here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a compliment. Take that that is a compliment. You'll, you'll take that, won't you, now? Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you really do look like Frankie Stubbs. <laughs> it is Frankie Stubbs. <laughs> it is. Oh, diamond. How, how did the band get started, gentlemen? For Terry and Adam, I think, to answer that one. We, we used to live in a shared house, me and Ted. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I used, to, I used to live live with uh, a load of mates, and um, uh, one of them was uh, Terry's now wife. Yeah, and Terry just kind of turned up, and uh, yeah. he, it became Moved apparent in. that we kind of were into similar kind of music and stuff. And yeah. uh, he just says, you know, fancy. I was, uh, fancy I was already badgering Kev to start a band again by that point because we'd we split the sect a couple of years before. So, yeah, so I was badgering Kev to start up again, and then the man there could play the guitar. So. That's what I was going to ask, really. Was after the sect, was it just a matter of time before you convinced him to start another band or someone convinced somebody else to? Yeah, I think I was pretty much started up the side afterwards. Sorry, Tez, I think you're more keen than me. I was happy to walk away. I I actually, I I love my music and I'd had the sect from 82 to 91. And after that split up, I just didn't buy any records for a year and a half. And I, I didn't listen to anything. I just walked away from it. And I think I might have got back eventually, but Terry pestered me a bit. And time was probably right. And I thought, yeah, why not? Let's let's have a second stab at it. We had a big fist, fisticuffs, full-on fight in a hotel room in France at the end of a tour, me and the drummer. And we had a, a bad drive home from France as a consequence. And, yeah, I, I just a bit disillusioned for a year and a half. But, yeah, so me, Terry Ad, and the original 
original drummer Andy, who we found in an advert, I think, uh, we just started practicing at the place where we actually now practice again now at a, a place called Rabanas in Birmingham. And yeah, we wrote a few songs, played a couple of gigs, and it, it just worked well. So we carried on. It was with the tape of a drum machine to start off with, rather than anything. Yeah. Tape of a drum machine. Yeah, one of the people I lived with at the time had got a, a drum machine, so I did a tape of it, and then we taped that and played along <laughs> with a tape of a drum machine. You've got to work with what you got. Yeah, I think was, exactly. everything was on the same speed, wasn't it? It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was like one, just one fucking drum track, just just yeah. for everything we played. It was hilarious. Well, that's on firstly. I was going to say I, I'm struggling to picture a scenario where any of you four would have fisticuffs in a French hotel room. It wasn't. You know I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't us four. It was me and the original. It was me and the drummer from the sect. This is a sect-based thing. This is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I can't. He was I drunk. I also struggle to imagine that, Kev. He was drunk. There's bad things going on in the hotel room, and it just ended up in a big fight. So, yeah, best leave it. No more than that, cause yeah, but it, it it wasn't a great end to a band. But I mean, stupidly, I mean, Adam Warren don't know this yet, but. Kev, the sect guitarist, he's been contacted by a promoter who wants to put the sect on at a festival in the Morecambe Punk Festival later this year. And nice. he's, so he's asked me and Terry the last couple of weeks. I said, yeah, I'll do this. Why not? I'm, I'm always up for a gig anywhere, anytime. So we, we might be getting the sect back together again with a drummer the way the fight with. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Round two in Morecambe. Indeed. Um, <laughs> older and wiser. We'll be fine. So... Before we started talking, before the interview started proper, we would have dropped in Better Than Being Alone, which you yeah. graciously sent to me. I just yeah. want to say thanks, Kev, because it was pretty clear that you deliberated over the song choices because it must be quite hard to pick four songs out of such a massive discography, really. Um, I think Better Than Being Alone is an obvious choice. It's the first yeah. single, isn't it, really? And that's where it started. Uh, it's got nice memories. Uh, Dave from Crackle had just started his label up. And he got Chopper and he got us on the label. And he came down for the recording. And just one Saturday afternoon, probably summertime, I think. I could be wrong. And just a really hot Saturday afternoon. It's just a good atmosphere and it worked well. And that is still old. I think that it's it's still one we play, not all the time. It's not a constant in the set, but it, it's there when we need it. And we often use it. So, yeah, it's just it's not a bad start to putting records out better than being alone. So... That's why it I really think. stands up. I think it really stands up, Kev, that song, even there. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think it was a bit before its time. You do. To be honest. Yeah. I think, I think some, with some songs, I agree, Tom. look back on them, it is like, well, I hate to say it now, it's 1993, which is like 28 years. 28 years are scary, isn't it? Uh, yeah, some of the songs over that period, they date. It's inevitable. But I agree with you in that, in that respect. It still sounds fresh to me, so... Some some do, some age, some don't. So that one's okay, that one is. Yeah. Nice. So we do a thing called the Big Book of Bullshit, which is basically a silly name for people sending in questions for for you guys to answer. Uh, Niall, have you got any of them ready to fly? We've actually got quite a few this week, uh, which is nice. Um, we've got one from, uh, 
friend of the show, Dave Shackelford. Uh, so this is to uh, this is to Kevin Terry uh, in reference to the sect. What was it like being part of the late eighties UK punk scene among senseless things in Mega City Four when there was genuine interest from the mainstream music press and big labels? I don't think there was for us in, in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Dave. Short players. answer. As always, Bill played him. <clears throat> and I, I think part of part of the, our downfall, in all seriousness, is that they all wanted to become indie bands. Yeah. And I, the only one who stayed as a punk band, really, out of that bunch was Snuff. We were yeah. all sort of bracketed together for the time. And, yes, yeah, Steve Lamack cottoned on to us, and he, he championed us for a couple of years. I was really good friends with Steve, and then he dropped us for some reason. Uh, but yeah, like the Megas and the Census things, they all wanted to be indie bands, really. And so when they were in fanzines, as were as, at the time, they always used to say, no, we're not a punk band, we're not a punk band. Where's well, me? I'm saying, yeah, we're a punk band. And, and I stuck with my punk roots, if you want, because I've grown up with the, with the early stuff. And to me, I, I'm just writing songs I like playing. And yeah. As Terry says, the interest wasn't really there from the majors. Okay. We signed to raise a record, put the yeah, album no, out. That was prior to that lot, though, really. And and we, 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 didn't really no, it wasn't published, published size enough, and so, yeah, it didn't get much airplay. And so but, that was know, a disappointment. He, yeah, even the singles like Summer Girl and, and Remembering on, on Damaged Goods. <laughs> good singles, both of those. And again, John Peel played them. We got a bit of airplay in that time. Jenny Slong played us on Radio 1, a few things, but we never really broke through. And yeah, we did well in Europe, stupidly. In Germany, particularly, we did really well. But it, yeah, it, it ended, as I said earlier, in a bit of a fight. And I thought we were going to carry on longer than we did. But when it ended, it ended. So it's a nice, it gave me a break for two years. Really get to play. At that time, there was a lot of excitement. As you say, there was a bit of a, a groundswell with, with those bands I've just mentioned. And we were playing around the UK, and there's good crowds and lots of excitement. and yeah, we had a couple of really good years out of that between 87, 89, 87, 90 time. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, because it's like even sort of after the sect and when Skimmer was starting and that first EP came out and everything, Dookie hadn't come out yet, had it? So there, it was no, the real sort out. of calm before the storm, weren't it? Yeah, the 39 Smooth had come out, I think. That was a couple of years prior to that. But yeah, Dookie was still ahead of it. Yeah, that was still because that was the game changer, weren't it? That was for the mainstream. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it just projected into kids across the UK and everywhere. Yeah, and it, it did. It, it started something, didn't it? <laughs> Maybe you, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what got me. Yeah, going with it all, and it yeah. just must have been because obviously we've got. I've mentioned Dude on the podcast before. Right. He. Uh, he was reduced to watching Blur and stuff like that in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. because there wasn't much punk stuff going on. No, it, it, it ebbs and flows, and it? it comes in waves. Yeah. And I, it, we, we probably timed the sex, the, the sex demise quite well, because there's that new bunch of bands coming up from 93 to 95, and then it just exploded. And so to start skimming them was quite fortuitous, really. So, yeah, it, we timed it well. I'll make that next song a clock. Do you know? I do, yeah. All right, so the next song we are going to play and give these good people something to listen to, we're going to go to Injury Prone. We're going to go to the uh, the Warren era um, <laughs> from Hang About. So we'll have a listen to that and come back.
West Bromwich was among the many towns and cities in England affected by the widespread rioting in August 2011. On 9th of August, shops closed their doors early to combat looting and vandalism. This was followed by widespread acts of vandalism and violence followed. Police closed the main roads leading into the town until the following morning. Injury prone uh, from Hang About. Right, you're going to have to... I enjoyed that. It was good, yeah. Sounds we good. all sat there. We all danced our way through right. on this Zoom call. We were all right. What year was that? Remind me, because I don't know. 2000 and? Anybody? Eight, something like that. Eight or nine. Late noughties, I think. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the sort of... I'll get the CD. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell you. The reason I said pick that one, though, is because the video, really. I think the video was probably one of our finest days, I think. It, was, it is a good video. It was great fun that day. Uh, uh, I think that was probably the best fun we had doing a video sort of thing that, that day, probably. Yeah, yeah that was look, hilarious throwing, throwing Kev out the window at the top. That, that was just fucking like like just so funny. I, I had such a lot of fun doing that on that on that day. That was great. You disappearing it, into the duck like, pond, Adam. That was good fun as well. Oh uh, fucking hell. <laughs> 2013, by the way. Oh 13? Yeah. Later yeah. than we thought. Yes. Now that shows what I know. Yeah, so you picked it for the video. It is um, a sort of more modern skimmer classic, though, isn't it? It's 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 good in the old live set. It's good to have. Yeah, I I just it's more just the 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 day. It's it's one of those skimmer memories. I think that that day of recording the video, sort of thing. Yeah, when Adam comes back, we've got we've got Adam to thank for all the videos. Really, Uh, we use a, a. uh, a chap called Steve Wilson, who's a really good uh, videographer who Warren put us in touch with. And he's done all the videos Steve has. And he, he does the Devil's videos, which is uh, Adam Warren's other bands that they also have. Uh, but Ad's the one who does all the screenplay. Yeah. Talk us through injury prone, Ad. You, you come up with all, the, with all the picture books for them, don't you? And how they plan out. So, Oh, well, I did with that one. I don't know. It was, it was just, I, I don't know. I think I just ran through uh, what the kind of the, the song was about, I guess, really. And uh, I, I just thought, you know, let's have a shitload of fun on the day. But we did, didn't we? It was great. We did. Yeah. It was, it was, was that your first album, Warren? It were, it, it were, it were a lot of fun. Starting blocks before that. Start, uh, no. No. One, the one with you did, Nige's, Nige Clark. Self-harmony. Uh, self-harmony was my Of course it was, yes. Of course it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. It. That was because, Nigel Clark, who, who, if you remember, Dodgy, who had a big, big prop band. Uh, oh. Nigel had the studio in Redditch by this time, oh, so yeah. we recorded two albums with Nigel, oh, uh, uh, Self Harmony. So then we were Nigel Clark from Dodgy before we went off to studios, Zoo Studios, and worked with Carl for several albums after that. But yeah, Warren's the first album, Self Harmony. Self Harmony, yeah. There it is. There you go. There it is. And injury pro injury prone was off starting blocks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just no, wondering no, it's your, off. your first uh, studio. Off, hang experience. about. Hang about. Hang about. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Niall, have you got another big book of bullshit? Uh I have indeed. I've got one from um a friend of the show and yeah, Mark Murphy from the No Marks would like to know. Uh this is for Kev. How many pairs of Chuck Taylors do you have? Serviceable <laughs> ones without any big holes in. Uh, I've got. Hang on, I got uh, most of my most of them have got big holes. 
good ones. I oh, had two pairs of Christmas, which probably takes it up to about 50, 60 pairs. But I can't wear any of them. They're, they're, they're tip for the bin. You've got to have all in. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to get your foot in. Oh, <laughs> you see, when he, when he submitted that question, I imagined, you know, pristine rack upon rack of boxed. So, now, now, they've all got holes in the soles and they're all buggered. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I wear them to pieces. Oh, God, God, it's, all, it's all bossed. That's no good for anyone, is it? Look at it. Look at that. That's been no good in the winter. For the benefit of the tape, Kev's holding up a knackered converse. <laughs> oh, They're all like that. Well, there you go. I thought you had some elaborate collection or something. I haven't. I, I had a nice pair of green ones bought for me for Christmas with a, a nice orange piping at the bottom. They're, they're, they're good. They're all right. They're, Special they're occasions only. Moment. But no, I've washed them a couple of times, all the old ones, but they're, they're, they're not great. So what was, obviously, everything was going great guns before this pandemic, bollocks. What, what did you have planned that the pandemic derailed. Was there any tours, any recording sessions? We've got an LP recorded. It's due to go out. So we've got a new one in the bag, really. Yes, and we shall be hearing a track off it later, won't we? So I'm... <laughs> possibly, we will. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not possibly. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's me now. It's yeah, happening. It's happening. But, so, yeah. Uh, we, we hadn't got a great deal in the pipeline. We, 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 we arranged this pandemic so we could just sort of regroup and, and and put some gigs together when it's all finished. So we've we hadn't, as it happened. I, I, I was telling you before the podcast start podcast started that uh, we had got a, a gig in November two thousand nineteen with uh, Spoilers and Crocodile Guard, and we had some really good rehearsals leading up to that, and then it was cancelled on the day of the gig, and that really sort of put the spanner in the works completely. And then Christmas came along, and we, I was going to start. <laughs> seeing the lads again and doing some rehearsals and then the pandemic kicked in. But uh, I've got some new songs. Uh, we've got this new album that's not come out yet, which is a cracking album. I think it's the best one ever. Uh, but it's easy for me to say, because I write it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's a great album, which is all fired up, which is going to come out on Bloated Cat in America and on Water Slide in Japan. So we've got to coordinate it, really. And yeah. That's been in the bag for some years now. And I have got some new songs, which no one else has heard, because I haven't seen the lads for however many months. So we have got some new stuff in the pipeline. So it's just getting back into, this, into our little rehearsal studio, really. I've not heard the new album for about for, for about uh, two years. Yeah, no, I hadn't until this morning. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I haven't got a copy or anything. No one it, has. Be like, it, be like, they'll all be like new songs for me, Kev. Good, good. <laughs> they will. They will. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what then what we'll do is we've already talked about it but we'll drop in the new track from okay. all fired up which is called student girls i chose student girls Ooh.
The town's football club is West Bromwich Albion. The club was founded in 1878, and in 1888 it became one of the 12 founder members of the Football League. It won the league championship in 1920 and has won the FA Cup five times, most recently in 1968, and won the League Cup in 1966. Then we're back, and that was Student Girls uh, well, from Skinner's upcoming new was, album, All Fired Up. I enjoyed that as well. I actually yeah, chose good, it? I chose that one out of the album because of the oh. juxtaposition of here's me being all intellectual on you, folks. Uh, you'd expect a, a, a punk band with a record called Student Girls to be a, a levitious song about, I don't know, leering over girls and being skimmy. It's about student loans. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going uh, to say, well, that could quite easily have been a Motley Crue song title, couldn't it? It could. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you are. Band with a moral conscience. We're right about student loans and the unfairness of the system. So there you are. <laughs> so... Do a punk pop background. So there was no Japan jaunts because I know that you go over there semi-regularly uh, and I received, well, I think I saw, I read a review in preparation uh, for this of you. I think it was your last time you went over. And, and yeah, that, that's always fascinated me with you, lads, that, you know, to, just to age you all a little bit, yeah. it's uh, 18 years since that. that Queers tour, <laughs> uh, when first met you lads in Southampton. And then um, I think it was Ad and Andy, the previous drummer, stayed at that Cov John's house. This oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. We he, did. I remember staying there. Yeah, yeah. I remember he just that one. loads of porn on and then went to bed. I don't remember the porn. I remember a hamster. Yeah. There was or, a, maybe, there was or maybe it was hamster porn. Fuck no. no. Who, who knows? <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Perhaps there was some fucking ham- hamster porn going on. I don't know. That was, what that happened was a- to the hamster? What happened? Richard Gere. Richard Gere wasn't there, was he? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was on tour for my first time and I was in some, I was on the South Coast with a bloke from Coventry in his house, which, you know, not very exotic. I'd just come from the neat and I didn't need that. Uh, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and he just put a load of uh, blueies on and went to bed. And then in the morning, he went to a wedding and just said, yeah, let yourselves out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that's, that's, sounds that's, sounds that's, ideal, Tom. Sounds ideal. Also, sounds I didn't think this is what it'd be like. That's a cheery end to a party, isn't it? Lovely. <laughs> I thought a new cross gig was the first one. Fuck him. Wasn't that that's what I say. No, no, that was second. Was that second, was it? That's when we turned up and there was some indie band yeah, who playing double booked it and they put us in, they put them between yeah. you and the queers, I think, and yeah. they went down like a sack of shit, I'm which like, we told them that they would. So, yeah. <laughs> sucks to be them. Oh, you so, got ice in your drink, you bastard. What you got there? That's oh, not, that looks nice. I've got some old Rosie today. Lovely. Very nice. Tinkling my mojito glass. So I've got a Ribena, being the little, little hardcore that I am. Ribena. Ribena. It's strong though. It's, it's green tea. Romantic. Green tea. <laughs> so what what's what what do we put the skimmer appeal in in uh, the Far East down to? What if if we had to sum it up, if someone put a gun to your head, why the the better sort of presence, why why the, the sort of bigger profile in Japan, I guess, than 
here, which isn't how it should be. You should be have a higher profile here. Everyone else, I, I, I can keep talking all day, but I'll let everyone else have a chip in as well. Warren, add. Tess, why are we big in Japan? Maybe it's a vocal thing. I don't know. There's 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 that kind of sort of Japanese vocal thing where it's quite similar to yours, Kev. Uh, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's. Obviously, I think the music's more important than anything. But they, they seem to identify with it, with the way I sing for some reason. Yeah. Little high pinched hamster again. Back to hamsters yeah. again. <laughs> 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 well, hamster porn. <laughs> I think I like the melodies they, as well. They, once they find a band, they're very loyal to a band. And yeah. we've been lucky in that respect that since the first time we went over, which I can't remember the, the exact year, was it 96, 97, something like that? Uh, yeah, they've just stayed with us. And every time we, we, we go over to Japan, they, they follow us around. They, yeah, they, they're just really loyal to us. And, yeah, I'm glad they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're a bunch, aren't they? Really? Proper, a proper good like, little punk scene over there. Yeah, because yeah. um, I've been speaking to a chap called John Bates who lives in Japan. He's from Hartlepool and he uh, he does a radio show. <laughs> but, he, but he knows who you guys are and, and is into Skimmer. And it's yeah. just weird, isn't it? it I, I tried to equate it to when you get American indie bands come over to the UK and they, they pull a decent crowd and probably not that well known back in the States, but they can pull in a decent size crowd. And there's something similar going on with us in Japan. We can go to Tokyo and we can play some of these venues and they're bouncing off the walls. It's crazy. And you come back and you play Birmingham and like 10 people turn up in your hometown. Yeah. And that's happened many a time. Yeah. So I've seen you a couple of times come back from a Japan jaunt and then end up in Nuneaton or Derby and I, c- I can almost see the wind leaving your sails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Back yeah, to normal no, now. You do though, don't you? Yeah. No, you, you take yeah. every gig as though it's like going to be the, the best ever gig, even if it's in front of nobody and just go for it. And they usually are the best ones, aren't they? Agreed, Tom. No, have we got more bullshit action? Uh, yeah, we've got one from, well, we've got several from uh, our pal Duco van der Veen. Um, oh, fuck. No, it's all right. We've, I've researched all these. It's all right. Or I might not have researched this one. Um, what do you think of the Birmingham um, West Midlands punk scene now uh, and expectations after COVID in regards to bands, venues and all sorts? I don't really expect me to answer all these questions. Go on, one, the rest of you. Fill in for me. <laughs> It's like like forever for us. We we're like too melodic to be in the punk scene and and too too noisy to be in the indie scene. So sort I think so. We're not really, yeah. We never really fit in the punk scene ourselves anyway. I don't think that much. Yeah, the the these there sort of things. Because there was that there's that pub pubs gigs and I think people are still going to be reticent to go into pubs for the first couple of months afterwards. Maybe not the younger audience as much, but uh, I think. I can't. I, I think it's going to take a while to to reestablish everything. I could be wrong. Might open up first week in May, second week in May, and the gigs are fully booked throughout summer. Let's hope so. But uh, we haven't pushed it yet. I mean, I, we're not gig ready at the moment. We we've not like most bands. We've not met up for ages, so we we need a, a few practices before we even start booking booking gigs. But hopefully by summertime we'll be back in the loop and we'll we're picking things up. And that, that's the plan. Obviously it is, but. Yeah, um, uh, it's 
the future is such a blur, isn't it, at the moment? You just don't know where where it's going to reestablish itself or not. Some venues probably won't open because the money's not there for them to keep going. It's nope. a big reset, really. We'll, we'll find out. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I know there was. I mean, hopefully, like punky gigs and stuff like like ours, that they'll 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 pick up on the on the on the on the sooner kind of thing, really, because you know a lot of it's or so much of it's done on uh, like goodwill and you know people play for no money kind of thing. So <clears throat> it might be that you know our kind of scene you know picks up sooner. You don't fingers, so fingers crossed, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You, you would hope so, because there was sort of like a little resurgence. What's that fucking place in Digbeth that we used to play? Adam and Eve's? No? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Adam and Eve, yeah. yeah. Is that still there? Is that still going? You know what I mean? The Market Tavern, do you? Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. maybe. The Market Tavern. Like the little corner pub. Yeah, like corner yeah, pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Market yeah. Tavern. I don't think that's there anymore, is it? No, no, I think so. Not now. I think the Adam and Eve, the Adam and Eve, they used to, we did the punks picnic there one year, yeah, didn't we? Yeah. I think that was at the Adam and Eve, wasn't it? The top, that? then. The one on the top of, I'm the, not sh- top of the hill. Yeah. yeah. Is that still there as a place? I know they closed it down as a punk venue. Is, it, is the building still there? Not sure, Kev. Not no? sure. So, I said, I'm not sure what will be there at the end of this, this lot, really. So. Yeah. Who knows? We'll all be back yeah. to playing in basements and. Fucking well, people who parents are on holiday. Bring it on. Yeah, we'll play, yeah, yeah, if that's the case, bring it on. Absolutely, <laughs> like Kev says. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to just determine what venues, as Tom, as you said, I, I suppose what venues manage to, you know, survive, oh, stay open yeah. or, or whatever. You know, that, that's going to be a big part of what drives the, the local scene. People um, have an appetite to go because they've not been able to go anywhere. I think there'll be a... It could be a good summer. Oh, there'll be a hunger. There'll be. A, there'll certainly be a... Yeah, well... well yeah. <laughs> Play beer gardens play or something? Yeah, play outside. Beer garden, yeah. Always good for a good yeah. That was oh, the man. one, actually. A quick one, the Adam and Eve, which always made me laugh. And this is a bit of a shout-out to our good friend, Jace, Jace Funbug. Um, We played the punks picnic there, and uh, he, he, he comes to most of our gigs, Jace, as, as many as he can. So, I mean, because there was a lot of bands on that day, that they had an outdoor uh, stage and an indoor stage so we'd been with jace and we'd been drinking and stuff and having a laugh as as you would expect with jace always never a dull moment so we've gone on played our hard set you know i think we did i think we played really well and we was on the inside so anyway we've come out and being the modest lads we are we don't sort of you know we we just hang around and then you know, jace has come up and gone well when you on and we go well we've been on jace we, we played we played it that's fucking hilarious that was hilarious. <laughs> And he'd walked, he'd walked from Redditch to come and see us. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he biked, he biked it from Redditch, um, I think. That was so funny. That was it. <laughs> but we love, we love Jace. We love Jace. We wouldn't have him any other way. <laughs> he'd be fucking gutted, wouldn't you? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. well, he'd only come to, you know, I think he'd only come to see us, really, as well. That was the best of it. He'd come all the way. <laughs> This is a sad bike home. Classic. <laughs> Jason's got a history of that. We, we played the George Roby with them back in the sec days. It was all day and we played the afternoon. They were supposed to be before us. And they turned up about quarter to ten at night. They've been driving around London all day trying to find the venue. And they couldn't find Eight hours later, I think they were. Well, is this his identity, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah back in the identity days. <laughs> well, you know, funny story. So thanks, Jace, for that biking. Uh, 
conscious. I'm conscious of time. Okay. Niall, have we got any more big books of bullshit? Yeah, we got just the one from uh, Dave Shackleford. Uh, each one. <laughs> Uh, which three bands were most influential on the Skimmer Sound? Effervescent, Shackleford, and... <laughs> <laughs> the Atoms. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, I don't know. Uh, I write the songs, so I suppose I would throw something at you. Uh, I miss all those 80s and 90s bands out, really, and people still think we sound like Mega City 4. I get that a lot, which I don't mind. We predated Mega City 4, which is fine, and um, yeah, they were great in their time, and perhaps I did pick something up from Wizzy Songwriting, so I suppose the Megas could well be in there somewhere, but I still hark back to days like the, the Buscocks and, and the earlier bands, uh, <clears throat> the Generation X's of the, of the world, where I, I really learned how to write songs, and I think it goes back to sort of early 70s, well, say that again, the mid-70s, 77 Explosion, where I, I really picked up on punk the first time round, and I think most people write from when they were their mid to late teens. That's their their period that they remember with the most fondness throughout the lifetime for the music. And same with me, really. I was, I was just growing up. I, I really picked up on the punk thing that was going on. And, yeah, those are the bands that really picked, did it for me, really, I guess. That's where it all came from. You've got, you've got to look at those some of those early American, those 90s American bands, the late 80s, early 90s bands. The Descendants were a massive influence at that time for me. They, they, I was a bit jaded when the Descendants came along. It was like 85, 86, and yeah, they were they were just something else, the musicianship and, and the songwriting. So I've got to throw the Descendants. The Descendants are definitely up in there for me, I suppose. There's a few bands. There you go. Very good. For me, for me, like guitar-wise, it was always like Leatherface. Leatherface were always, always like up there, massive. For me, really, you know, yeah. <clears throat> and I got, uh, I got uh, one of the guitars off off uh, Dicky anyway. So uh, that, and that was always like a, you know, lo- loved loved Leatherface right from the start. Oh, I think right. that was one of the one of the bands that kind of cemented mine and mine and Terry's uh, relationship, yeah. uh, uh, friendship, really. Yeah, coming into uh, you know, at, at that at that time, that that was one one of the one of the bands that we were like uh, both into kind of yeah. thing yeah. at the time. And Doughboys for me and things like Lemonheads and Doughboys for me at the, the time, those sort of bands. Yeah. Coming into Schema. Mm-hmm. Warren, where's your background, Warren? Well, I completely missed the question from Dave, so I do apologise. You all broke up. So what was the question? What was the influences, I take it? Yes. yes. Three you were bands. masturbating, weren't you? I was, yeah. It was, Three uh, bands that come up the Schema sound. Long, took a bit longer than normal. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i suppose even i mean not really i, I mean i i just sort of uh, go along and play what i what, what i feel i suppose i i, I try uh, i suppose my influences are um are a, are a little little bit different i suppose uh, elvis presley buddy holly all that kind of thing so i suppose i i try and put a, a bit of a skimmer twist on that maybe then but uh so there you go that's a bit left of field i'll do it That'll do it. We're going to end by listening to Three Stars from John from the album. John Peel Session. John Peel, the man, not John Peel Session. Yeah, it's about John Peel. It's about John Peel. 
practice. D- did he used to give star ratings out? He does. Oh, not, 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 on the, not, not live, but he marked all his records. Ah. The actual records he marked. Yeah. And I remember when he recorded this, he hadn't long died. It made Adam cry in the studio. It did. It, it did. did. Many, many things have made me cry. Yeah. In the studio. <laughs> but, but including that was big, including, that, that, including that, that, that gerbil. Including <laughs> 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 the gerbil. Yes, yeah, that's me, John Peel song. It was a squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> so, which recording did he give three stars to, or is that just a general? Oh, yeah, it's a, I, I have no idea if he marked any of our songs, but that's across the board. He used to mark his, his records as he's well, quite well documented over the star rating. And so when he flicked through them in later times, he could go back and he liked so because he got so many records, obviously. So, but yeah, he, he liked us, and that's good enough for us. Yeah. And it's strange. <laughs> I was just checking that out today about this well worn fact that we use a lot. That we did last ever uh, John Peel session uh, before he died, and it's on Wikipedia as well. It says yeah, the yeah. session is so yeah. out the last session from Skimmer, and there were three other sessions booked after Skimmer, but never got recorded. No. Um, you yes. drafted in the uh, West Midlands' most handsome drummer for that, didn't you? He did indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't available. One's gone He wasn't available. <laughs> he fucked off. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, Andy, our original drummer, had just died. And so John Pills went and offered us a session a couple of weeks after Andy had died, which is perfect timing for the band because we haven't got a drummer. And... Um, well, Tom was the, the, the perfect replacement because he knew the songs and we played so many times with Effervescence that if we had to have someone who could step in, I think Tom was the only one who possibly could have done the job. And so Tom is also on the Skimmer John Peel session. Yes, and I want to say thank you to, to you for giving me that opportunity. Oh, it's great. But, you, without you, Tom, seriously, I don't think we could have fulfilled it, really. What an, ex- what an experience. Mm. Do you remember we were, in the, we were in the studio and it smelt a bit funny, and baby shambles had been in the day before, and that was crap we could smell. <laughs> Do you remember the, the, the producer guys were like, yeah, fucking Pete Doherty smoking all sorts down here. <laughs> I reckon you just blamed him, Tom. I do, I Because <laughs> no, I had to have a full and frank. Because, like, Maida Vale Studios, it's an old ice rink, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it was, like, well underground. The studio, and I wanted to go out for a fag, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you got to go up seventeen flights of stairs, you know, through thirteenth door on the left." Da, da, da. And I was like, "You're telling me that when Liam Gallagher's in here, you don't let him have a fag down there?" <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, go on then." <laughs> oh, you, you sweet talker, you. <laughs> Fine. Well, look, lads, on that bombshell. No more you questions, Niall. Are we all questioned uh, out? Yeah, we're all bullshitted out. We're all bullshitted out. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Right, look, Ad, Kev, Tez, Warren, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. No problem. Where can people get or listen to Skimmer, should they be so inclined? So, Ray, you do all the media stuff. Right. What's it on? It's on all the Apple Play and, and Spotify and all that sort of stuff. It's on all the regu- regular channels, Amazon Music, all those sort of things. Can confirm it's on Amazon Music. Yep. Yeah. We've got Spotify. lots of YouTube videos where you can... Video, you can yeah, YouTube people, videos. Yep. People have uploaded lots of songs and we've done five or six. Yep. And I've got some CDs in my bag if anybody wants them. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, 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 you know, pop by, swing by. Keep your bag to yourself, right? Yeah. Actually, that, 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 that draws me back to a question that I noticed someone yeah. had listed on the Facebook page that's a Birmingham lad who said, oh, I'm, I used to live in Bearwood. I didn't know Skimmer, uh, a Birmingham band. Have they any connections with Bearwood? And you two have been living in Bearwood all the time since Skimmer started. <laughs> <laughs> probably past you, probably no, queued up eating global wines or something. He's probably... That, oh, that's our Dutch friend, uh, Hugo van der Veen, who sends in potentially offensive questions sometimes. Well, <laughs> actually offensive questions. Yeah, too, yeah. But that's nice. Um, so, yeah, he... he Came from the Netherlands to Bearwood for six. Oh, yeah. uh, he probably passed these in the street. Yeah, well, we both still live there. So. <laughs> Look, lads, thank you for your time. Really, That's really, really excrement. Yeah, thank you, really Tom. Thank it. you, Tom. It's right. been very enjoyable. Lovely. It does. It's nice to see everyone yeah. again. So take care. Right. Well, we'll Thanks, Niall, well. as well. Thanks, Niall. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Thank you, lads. Thank you both. See, see you in the studio soon. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we can make it, I'm game. Okay. Oh,
For roads, the M5 motorway between the West Midlands and the West Country and its junction with the M6 motorway passes through the town, making West Bromwich the hub of Britain's motorway network. Improvements were made at the A41 junction by West Bromwich Town Centre after a £25 million project grant was awarded to the area to cut congestion for commuters. The junction, which is where the expressway meets All Saints Way, currently carries over 60,000 vehicles a day and is close to Junction 1 of the M5. The project involved the creation of a dual carriageway underpass beneath an improved roundabout. This work began in June 2010 and was completed in autumn 2012. West Bromwich has its own bus station in the town centre with connections to Birmingham, Wolverhampton and other major towns in the West Midlands region. Oof, got a sweat on now. A cob on? Yeah, I guess. A batch on? No. No. Let's not go there. Because people are listening again. But it's not a cob. It's an oven bottom. It doesn't fucking matter. No one gives a fuck. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> that was Skimmer interview. Oof. Wasn't Hardcore. it just? Hardcore. Yeah. You wouldn't believe they were in the mid-50s, would you? No, you wouldn't. It's that energy. It's that youthful energy which they exude. Also, they exude it live. So if you do get a chance to uh, check out the skims, please go and do it. Not right now, though, because we've not got the capacity for that just yet. No, not just yet. So, yeah, I, I, I conducted a punk poll last Friday. Did you? Yeah, I did. On the page or just in your house? On the page. Oh. All right, so the punk poll was quite serendipity-dippity-dippity-do-dis, to oh, be honest. That's a big word. Because this was before we knew who next week's guest was. I, I got myself to thinking, and I'm sure you've read them, dear listener, and you, nihilism as well. Yep. Um, it's pretty widely documented that Johnny Ramone was a bit of an arsehole. Uh, and with this in mind, I asked our dear listeners, uh, has his perceived arsehole antics reduced your enjoyment of Ramon's music in any way? And then in a nod to the office, I did the options from Keith's appraisal. Yes, very much so. To some extent, not at all, or don't know. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a landslide again. Not very. Good. I'm not very, getting very good at picking these at the minute. It was an 80% not at all. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you've got so many punk rock personalities who are just outright dicks for reasons like, for example, our pal leaving, uh, you know, Michael Graves, all those sort of dickheads. They um, are obviously not very nice people. But Johnny Ramone was, and you got to bear in mind, this was like kind of late 70s, early 80s. He was, he was a Republican which didn't really have the same awful connotations as it does now, I guess. Well, look, for me, I I would be in the not at all pile were it not for, at every fucking opportunity, him going, God bless President, whoever's a Republican president. When they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, God bless President George W. Bush. What? What? I think it was H. Bush when they... No, it wouldn't have been. It would have no, been it W, wasn't. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it would have been W. It's, w. Yeah. it's like, what? What are you doing? Um, so for that reason, it's put me in the to some extent pile, which got 20% of the uh, 
of the outcomes. But we had some good comments from it. The old Double D, Dan Disposable, he says he don't know much about his arsehole antics, just that he was a Republican and that all the others were Democrats. I think that caused some tension, didn't it? And I said, <laughs> personally, I'd put that in the arsehole antics section. Lol. Um, not at the time, I wouldn't, personally. Republican? No, I mean, they were, like, not very nice people, but nowadays they're just absolute fucking arseholes. Ah, always. <laughs> Dave Feature, my friend and yours. Yes. Dave, thanks for your appearance on my special birthday video as well, by the way. Very loud. Uh, he says, to some extent, it was ruined for him. And he delves into Johnny Ramone's childhood history about a super strict dad. And he did get off drugs when he was 20. So there's that. Didn't really get started, though, did he? No. I thought there was a lot more drugging to do. But he caveats his whole thing, Dave Feature was saying. He was never a pedo or anything. True. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking into the facts. I don't think you explicitly stated in the post about his political leanings, but a lot of people... He was was a very famous Republican in that sense. But the things that would have done it for me would have been nicking me singer's girlfriend and marrying her. And, yeah, just being a a Republican, I suppose, because Joey wrote Bonzo Goes to Pittsburgh about him, didn't he? Yeah. Well, about Reagan. He was just like a grumpy 60-year-old when he was 25. Yeah. Duco van der Veen, he says he's not a massive fan anyway of the Ramones. Oh, and I'm the arsehole. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) This is the same Duco Duco van der Veen who called me a Brexiter, so we're having a little bit of an imaginary internet war now. Yeah, well, he says he's not a massive fan of the Ramones anyway. But if he was a child molesting serial killer, I would probably have been more interested in the museum and spend more than 15 minutes. <laughs> Is that a reference to the uh, the airing cupboard in Berlin? Yes, uh, I think Duco finds... Uh, I've got a word this right. True crime, I'll say, interesting. And again, just a caveat that there is no intimation that Johnny Ramone was anything like that. Just a bit a bit of a dick. I mean we can always ask next week, can't we? We can ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, Monty, was there any paedophilia going on that you're aware of? <laughs> Did you pick up any signals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's not that ask ask that. Duco when we put the big book of bullshit up, just don't ask that or anything along those lines because it won't be read out. Anyway, this was yep. all sort of building up to my song choice for the week. Yes. yes. Take it away. So we've done that poll. It was an 80% people don't care that he was a horrible bastard. Fine. Touch unnerving, but fine. I can I can work with that. Um, <clears throat> but my song is, after we loved him up last week, Friends of Rum. Uh, and the song is Johnny Romain was in a fucking good band, but he was a cunt. Yeah. 
And we're back after that lovely Friends of Rom song. Johnny Ramon was in a fucking good band, but he was a cunt from there. Quite underrated. It wasn't didn't do very well outside of Australia. Uh, their album Forever Malcolm Young, which is also a good song of theirs. And it's also a further segue into who we've got next week. Who have we got next this, week? Aren't we? we have got the one, the only, the incomparable Monty A. Melnick, who served as the tour manager for the Ramones, uh, I believe from the start to the finish, wasn't it? Yeah, he did the full the full load. So it's going to be a good old chitty chat, tour bus stories. We'll find out if Johnny Ramone was really an arsehole. I wonder how many times he's had to like answer questions of that variety thing. Maybe we can put a different spin on it. How yeah, challenging I'll... was Johnny's behaviour? Oh. <laughs> 80% of people surveyed <laughs> by us. <laughs> so, yeah, Monty A. Melnick. He's fairly insistent that when referring to him, we say A. Melnick. I don't know why. I, I mean, I'm surmising here, but I don't imagine it to be a, a particularly common name, but maybe it's like... A trademark or something. I don't know. Either way, let's ask him. Yeah. Let's ask him. Perhaps he's very proud of his middle initial. So I hope you enjoyed your West Bromwich facts as well uh, from the Skimmer interview. Yeah. I'm just buzzing about Monty. I want that on a t shirt. Buzzing about Monty. (laughs) I'm just buzzing about Monty. (laughs) Right. Let's leave these. uh... Look, we're going to leave you to it. We do ask. If you can, if you get two minutes, you, you preferred podcasting platform, if you give us a like uh, or a rate or whatever they do, the blow smoke up their ass button. Yes. One. You know, j- just some, just because it's quite cutthroat out there, isn't it? It is in the uh, the brutal world of podcasting, which reminds me, I'm going to update the playlist this week because I've not done it for ages and I've only just remembered. Yeah, so we'll get that back out the there as a bit of a combo yeah. starter. And as always, if you can, um, I know it's just past payday, but check out on Bandcamp any uh, merch sites or anything like that for your favourite bands and uh, chuck them a few quid. Nice. Very well put. Very diplomatic. Here's your last West Brom fact, and then we're going to fuck off. Say, yeah, I'm all right, nihilism. Yeah, I'm all right, nihilism. Notable people from West Brom, which include John Abellin, chess grandmaster, Madeline Carroll, actress, Matthew Marsden, the actor, Larry Stevens, comedy scriptwriter, and Mike Collins, comic book artist.